This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good afternoon and welcome into yet another edition of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Here till 4.30 this afternoon and then we'll hand it off to the LSU Sports Radio Network for the official pregame show. Herb Tyler alongside, I'm Christian Garrick, former LSU Tiger. Herb Tyler, the one and only. Herb, how are you, man? I'm good, K-Dog. How you doing today, man? Good, man. Looking forward to this matchup tonight between the LSU Tigers and the Central Michigan Chippewas. And it's a matchup, honestly, if I'm being really frank with you, I don't, I'm not too, um, let's say, I mean, I'm not too um, excited about how it's going to play out for LSU. I think this is a very dangerous game. Now, what you have going in your favor is you have a Central Michigan, you're obviously at home. But you have a Central Michigan team that could not find a hotel in the Baton Rouge area and is flying in game day, the day of the game. And I don't know if you've ever done that, Herb, but I know when I fly, and I'm, de- I'm, I get dehydrated, and you start to swell up in your joints, et cetera. But I think this Central Michigan team is a dangerous one. I don't know if you feel the same way. And I feel that way, Herb, because LSU, even though they, you know, they won against McNeese State, They've got a lot of issues still that are not that, especially on the offensive side of football, that haven't been fixed two weeks into the season. So my true feelings about it is that I don't really worry about Central Michigan um, or, or the game. I'm, I'm with you on the other side of that. Is I worry about LSU. How what are we going to do to fix our or right our wrongs and to you know to kind of um, um, show what we can do offensively. Um, in regards to just trying to sustain drives, trying to get first downs, score touchdowns against teams like a McNeese that you should put up 60 against, but you only put up, what, 37 or whatnot. They couldn't even um, move them. Her, they couldn't right. even move them. They couldn't move them up front. That's right. You can't even move them. You guess what I'm saying? You can't even move the chains. You can't move the bodies up front in order to move the chains, right? Um, and that's an issue. That's an issue. What are we going to do about that? Now, Central Michigan – in my opinion, is is, is a very tough team. They're, I mean, they're 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 going to come in here fired up. They are going to be flying on the same day they're playing on. However, you know those guys are going to be playing in, in Tiger Stadium where they hear it's the you know worst atmosphere that they, you know you can ever play in. Doesn't matter who you are at night, um, but they'll be ready to roll. Plus, they know what kind of team LSU has. Right? They've done their um, their homework on them. They've watched the video. They know. We don't do well with the, with the push up front, so we can run the ball well. We don't do that at all. Um, they know they can get to the quarterback, and then Central Michigan's head coach has just been saying all the right things about LSU. You know, one of his statements was, "I love Coach O, and I really love the way he coaches." Things like that. So to me, that's just him 
showing praise to a team that's a little bit more elite to him, showing respect, but he's still going to come in here with his fists up, ready to punch us in the mouth. So we'll see exactly how it goes. Um, it is a trap game. This is another one of those, uh, you know, in my opinion, you know, Troy uh-huh. game or the three years ago, whatever it was. Um, and, and when Troy came in and, and kind of took that, you know, <laughs> they didn't steal a win. They actually came in here and they punched us in the mouth and they took, took the win. So you're right. I, you know, this is going to be a tough game. It's a trap game, if you will, about, you know, by own interpretation of what a trap game is. However, are we that good for it to be called a trap game just because we have the talent, kind of like what I asked Jimmy last week, just because we have the talent, does that mean we just walk on the field and win every game? No, that's not it's not the case in any any sport, not on any level, not in any team. Doesn't matter. Herb, would it at all surprise you? Would be would you be completely stunned if Central Michigan upsets LSU today? Completely stunned? No. Would I be uh, uh, a little taken aback a little bit? Yep, I would be because I just don't think they can come in here and win. I don't think our guys would allow that to happen. I think they're going to play hard. I think they're going to do what it takes to win the game, and I think the coaching staff is going to do what it takes to win the game. Um, but you know, but I, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't see them winning the game. I mean, that's it's just crazy. But at the end of the day, we got to show something. We haven't shown anything. We can't push anybody around. Now the defensive line last week did look. You know, they did show up. Those guys played very pretty well last week. I need them to continue that and. Um, you know, we just got to make sure that we cover guys in the crossing routes. We just got to do that. We got to be able to hand off guys to the right people in zone, and we got to stay with our guys when we're in man, period. And then we got to make plays. We got to catch interceptions, you know, bat balls down. We have to do those things. But first things first, we got to control the line of scrimmage so we can control the ball, so we can control the clock, so we can make first downs, so we can get touchdowns, right? So that's first things first. And you are getting healthier up front. You're getting Austin Deculus back. You lost him in the UCLA game. Uh, so that'll help a little bit with that offensive line. But, I mean, how much better is that going to make the entire offensive line? I don't think that – it's not going to be this drastic improvement. No. And I'll, le- I'll leave it at this, Herb. I'll leave it at this. Okay. I just I just won't – I wouldn't be – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you – I'm going to answer the same question I asked you. I would not be surprised. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be a little um, – no, a lot of disappointed. Uh, it just yeah. wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. I just, I'm not, and Herb, you, you tend to be, and rightfully so most of the time, you tend to be the optimistic one. I'm a little bit more on the pessimistic side. You sometimes balance me out and bring me back to reality and, and say, hey, look, this is, uh, you know, this is what it is. And so often you're right. I, I just, I'm just not very optimistic about this team because I know enough about football to know if you can't win up front, you're going to have a hard time winning against beating anybody. On either side of the ball, right? Offensive, defensive yeah. line, doesn't matter. Um, and right now we're losing every battle that we've been fighting on the offensive line uh, when it comes to the run game. And then sometimes in the passing game, you know. Um, I think I think that, the, you know, our strength right now is the passing game. It's pretty much all we have where our run game is, is non-existent. And having Austin back is going to help. However, does he really yeah, is he really the glue that makes that five man front on the offensive line side um that much better? Or is he just another body that we put there that's a little bit better than the guy that was playing last week? Um but it doesn't make a difference when it comes to unity, when it comes to 
you know, being in sync and, and, and understanding what our, you know, our jobs are when it comes to who are we blocking, how are we blocking, zone scheme, man-to-man, you know, are we pushing guys around, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. That answer, that, that you know, that answer is is yet to be heard, right, or seen, shall I say. So we're, we're going to figure it out, man. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to watch the game and I'm going to enjoy the game and I'm going to root for my Tigers. And I think at the end of the day, I think we're going to come out victorious and uh, and I think hopefully we can make a statement today in a run game, and that's what I'm looking for. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, we're just getting started here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. I do have some Saints news I want to get to real quick because it's important. I know we're going to focus uh, heavily on LSU and Central Michigan, but Saints coach Brandon Nugent, offensive line coach, will be at Sunday's game, tomorrow's game against the Carolina Panthers. He tested uh, negative mm-hmm. earlier in the week for COVID-19. Uh, he tested positive, I'm sorry, uh, earlier in the week, and now the subsequent tests allow him to go to that game. Ryan Nielsen, assistant head coach and defensive line, and Brian Young, pass rush specialist, will not be in attendance tomorrow due to COVID-19 protocols. Uh, Nielsen and Young's duties will be divided among the defensive staff. So some breaking news there. Also, a couple of roster moves um, signed from the practice squad. The Saints brought up defensive back Jordan Miller, um, also linebacker Winton McManus, and standard elevation from the practice squad. These are all new terms because of the CBA due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, they also standard elevated uh, from the practice squad defensive end Jalen Holmes and uh, center Austin Ryder, and they placed Chase Hansen, the linebacker, on reserve injured, which is not the season-ending variety that we were so accustomed to seeing. Because of the COVID-19 pandemic rules, it allows you to recall guys even after three weeks to from injured reserve. So I just wanted to pass that along. We'll get more detailed on this matchup tonight between LSU and Central Michigan at 6.30 right here on the home of the Tigers, WWL. I can see Herb dancing, even though he's not right in front of me, potentially singing this one. Back here on the Tiger Tailgating Show, Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show, Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick. Let's catch everybody up, Herb, on some scores from around college football. Yes, sir. Fourth quarter. Uh, Cincinnati, number eight, eighth-ranked Cincinnati is up by just six points over Indiana, 30-24. to 24. Got an upset potentially brewing uh, West Virginia on top of 15th-ranked Virginia Tech, 27-21. Michigan State, Sparty handling business against Miami so far. This is also in the fourth quarter, 24-14. to 14. Miami is 1-1 one one on the year. All right, they already got one L. The U is getting ready to change form into an L. They're not going to use the U symbol anymore. If they lose this one, they'll be bounced out of the top 25 to an unranked Michigan State team. Purdue, the early lead in the second quarter, 3 nothing over number 12, Notre Dame. So did you hear about this big controversy with with this one, with this game? I, I did not. What's, what's going so on? So you know the big drum that Purdue has? It's oh, a yeah. gigantic drum, right? And, yep. and they, Notre Dame won't let it in their stadium. The world's biggest drum. Why won't they let it stay to you? Because they, they just because that's the, they're the home team, and that's what they decided. They don't want that big old drum getting banged on in their stadium. It's, it's, I, I disagree with that. I think they should allow the drum in the stadium, and you just have to stop them from scoring, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just like that's petty. That's kind of petty. That's. That's NFL stuff, though. You know, that kind of stuff would go on at right. the NFL level. Every home field advantage that 
teams can take advantage of, they do. And I, and look, I, I sit here and I'm critical of Notre Dame, but if I'm a if I'm their 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 AD or their coach, uh, you know, I can understand it. Yeah, but that's part of the pageantry of college football, though, right? It's a part of that drum has been there since what 1941 or something, something crazy like that. It's ten foot tall. It's just something that would be great just to see inside of or underneath touchdown Jesus, in my opinion. Um, but at the end of the day, it is uh, Notre Dame's uh, wish to to not have it there. And guess what? It ain't there. I think it's there. I just don't think it's inside the stadium. I think yeah, it's, it's there. Outside it's, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, some final <laughs> scores. Uh, Oklahoma, number three, Oklahoma survives Nebraska, 23-16. to 16. Number seven, Texas A&M blanks New Mexico, 34 to nothing. And Coastal Carolina takes down Buffalo. And what is what are the Coastal Carolina, what, what's their mascot? What are they, Herb? Uh, the, Chint- the Chanticleers. Chanticleers. Chanticleers, there you go. Yeah, Chanticleers. <laughs> I knew you'd remember. Uh, I'm proud of you, man. You got, it, you got the gist of it, right? That's for sure. Hey, um, man, I was hitting the head way too many times. I know it. I know it. <laughs> Number 25, Michigan, 63-10 to 10 over Northern Illinois. And uh, Alabama and Florida set to get underway here in about four minutes. Number one, Alabama. Number 11, Florida. That'll be a great matchup to watch. That's for sure. I'm looking forward to seeing yep. how that returns. Yep. And for me, Herb, I want to see if Florida, who some are all in on as legitimate uh, playoff caliber uh, football team, mm-hmm. and some are like, nah, they're overrated. So I want to see where they stand. <laughs> they're going to get the litmus test. Number one, Alabama comes to the swamp. That's going to be a great Great game to watch. Look, Alabama will make anybody look like <laughs> unranked team, right? Um, yeah. So, it's just this is going to tell you how good Florida really is, right? It, I don't think Florida's going to win the game personally, but anybody can win on any given night. However, I just think that Alabama has too much form um, in, in in the form of Coach Nick Saban. <laughs> we'll step away and come back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL, and of course, NFL and college football analyst. Mike Dettelier joining us here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Mike, uh, is it getting a little better in your area, incremental improvements? Yeah, it sure is, Um, Christian. uh, I would say probably electricity and uh, I would say 55, 60% of the parish. uh, Just going to guess at it. Uh, And uh, a ton of work being done in that LaRose area of uh, a little bit south of uh, Lockport, Valentine, LaRose area. And uh, and so, yeah, it, it's getting a little bit better each day and uh, with electricity, also with services like AT&T, which, uh, you know, we didn't have. Um, you know, I told you the story. I went six days with nothing. And I say barely nothing because at times it would come on and I'd get like 66 text messages come in, but I couldn't respond to them because it would go out that quickly. Um, and uh, a lot of people outside the region coming here to help in Lafouche and Terrebonne. Um, we had the Rotary Club of uh, Homa get help from the Rotary Club of Abbeville come in here. They fed over 1,500 people in Terrebonne Parish uh, today. Uh, Galatoires came in uh, in the Matthews area, uh, over 1,000 meals. I think that's over 1,000 being served uh, at lunchtime today at the uh, Catholic Church in La Rose uh, on 308. And um, 
St. Thomas Aquinas of Thibodeau, uh, they came in and, and served hundreds of meals uh, at Holy Savior Church, uh, well, their, their uh, school uh, in Lockport today. So getting a lot of help from a lot of different people, and uh, it is incrementally getting better. And so uh, that's it's progress. You know, when you don't have electricity and you don't have, you know, good running water and that sort of thing, and you have no connection to the outside world, I mean, it, it becomes difficult. But, you know, it, uh, it, it is getting better each day. So we're very blessed and, and thankful of that. Good to hear that report from you yeah. on, on LaFouche Parish and that area. Um, Mike, let's get to football. Look, me and Herb talked about it at the onset of the show. I guess I, I would not – would you be surprised – I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Herb at the beginning of the show. Would you be at all surprised if Central Michigan came in here and upset LSU? Yeah, I'd be shocked. Um, if it happened, uh, I think, you know, that's something Ed's been preaching, uh, to his team all week long about, you, you better not take this team lightly. And so, uh, I, I think they, they're ready, uh, for the best of what central Michigan's going to give them. So uh, I think it's not because he hadn't preached it, uh, to them all week long about, uh, you, you know, you got to get your A game ready. And, you know, what I saw last week defensively, and, again, you, you also got to measure your competition. What I liked about it was the effort, which I didn't see in game one. That was a lack of effort for whatever reason or reasons yeah. uh, against UCLA. You saw them converge on the football quickly. Uh, they were fast to it, uh, tackled well, uh, took good angles of pursuit. Man, they got after them pass rush-wise. And... Uh, a gentleman who grew up maybe less than 15 minutes from my home, Mason Smith, as a 17-year-old freshman, gets three quarterback sacks. Mm-hmm. And Jaquelin and Jaquel and Roy played well too. The other guy inside, man, Jaquelin and him—that that, that's quite a combination inside. You got a lot of good edge pressure too with uh, with Andre Anthony, uh, B.J. Ojolari. Even without Ali Gay in the lineup, they were able to get a lot of pressure. So. Uh, defensively, uh, this team looked a lot different uh, attitude and effort-wise than in game one. Um, yeah, Again, it's sort of a repeat on offense. Uh, you, if your offensive line's bad, everything else is going to break down around you. Uh, you can't do squat. And, and, they, got, and they got beat uh, up front. Now, again, you get two guys back that weren't there. Um, in game two, but is, is that going to cure all your eels? I don't know. I do know one thing. Coach O is, uh, I think, at the uh, end of the rope. And, and these two young freshman backs are going to get a lot of carries. Uh, yep. I think, he, yep. you know, he's still a believer in Tyron Davis-Price, especially as, as a thumper inside. But, man, I think he wants Goblin, Goodwin and, uh, and Connor to get a ton of carries because he sees some explosiveness in their play that you're yep. not getting. Uh, out of the upperclassmen. And I think goes to the point of, you know what, I've seen enough. They ain't going to get any better, and I'm going to play them. Um, and I was disappointed in the receiving core rather than Keyshawn Butte. Well, I shouldn't say, because uh, I thought Pesh did a good job, too. Uh, but come on, catch the damn ball. Uh, you know, uh, you've been doing this all your life, and, and, and I'm talking about easy drops. Yep. Uh, n- n- these weren't difficult passes. 
you know, and everybody, oh, Max Johnson, he's inaccurate. Well, what do you want him to do? He's running for his life or he's throwing off balance. And then when he puts the ball in their hands, they don't catch it. Uh, is that Max Johnson's fault? Come on. Be real. Herb, you've been in that spot. Well, I don't know if That's you've right. been in exactly that spot, but you've been in that spot where, come on, you put the ball in his hands, you got to catch it. I don't care if you're a freshman, a sophomore, a junior, or a senior. you got to make that play when you have that opportunity because it almost, like, sucks all the air out of an offense that's struggling already. And, and that that's what disturbed me more than anything in the McNeese game. I knew the offensive line wasn't going to be good, but it's the receiving core, which we had saw made one big play after another, especially in the spring and in some of the summer sessions. And then you come up with the dropsies all of a sudden. Lack it's called focus. a catch radius, Mike. That's where you put the ball at. Anywhere within that person's catch radius. And Max has been doing that for the most part. These guys have been dropping easy passes. They've been dropping a little bit difficult passes and a, a couple of passes that we expect our receivers to actually catch, even though they're difficult, right? Um I, Mike, out of all the years that you've been watching football, I, I need to. Fo- I want to try to focus on this offensive line that we have, right? Do you think that it's the the caliber of play of the athletes that we have that are not coming together as one unit, or do you think it's the scheme that we have that we're trying to run with, like you said, with some guys that are upperclassmen who are not actually showing that spark or that 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 explosiveness that can get through the line of scrimmage? And do you think it'll change playing these younger guys at running back? I think some of that does change if you got some oomph in the backfield. Uh, we all know one thing, that if you've got a big-time player at running back, he makes your offensive line look really good. And then if you've got a really good offensive line, he can make an average back look pretty good too. So we can eliminate the really good offensive line um, because you're not, you don't have that here. Uh, and I think it's a little bit of combination of everything, Herb. I think it's scheme. I think right now they don't have an identity on offense on what they want to do. My thing is against McNeese, when I wanted them to throw the football, they ran it. When they ran it, I wanted them to throw it. Uh, it was like, okay, uh, what, what the hell are you trying to think of here? Come on, what do what you got between the ears with these calls? And it, it, it was confusing at times. And I do know – one of the things, and, and talking to Coach, you know, he, he wants to run an up-tempo offense. He, he's preached that. I, I want him to get it and run it pedal to the metal and keep this situation, substitution from going on. And we catch him a little off guard. Now, you can have ten guys doing the right thing and one guy mess up, and you know who that one guy is, and that's a touchdown. Okay, Max is smart enough to figure that one out. Uh, So I think it's a combination of a lot of things offensively. uh, But what I don't see is a lot of physical play up front. And come on, we've all grown up watching the physical play of LSU's offensive defensive lines. That's been a hallmark of LSU for as long as I've lived. That's been a part of their game. And we don't see that this year with their offensive line. Now, I can't say it about their defensive line because I think that that showed some physicality last week. And, again, you were playing McNeese. Okay, I, I get that part. But no matter who you plan, to show a little bit of pride and effort and toughness 
and speed to the football, you saw it. Uh, you're just disappointed in this offensive line that they cannot move people off the line of scrimmage. Okay? Uh, that is a part of the game. That Now, you, you got some of these uh, stat geeks that say, oh, that, that don't mean anything about running the ball. Come on. Be real. Uh, no, I don't no. care what level of football it is today. You got to run the football. You got to be able to run it when you need to and have to. And and that's the disturbing part because that puts your quarterback in a bad spot if it's third and six every time, you know, or third and seven. That puts you in a in a bind because they know you're not running it. On third and two, though, you got the opportunity to run the football. So I think it's a lot of different things. I think it's talent, it's physicality, it's scheme. And, but I think the biggest part, Herb, and Christian, uh, do you see an identity on this offense? No. no. Well, I, no. I, I do only see one, and I see in the form of, uh, of Boutte. That's it. That's and all I Keyshawn see. Sean Boutte is it. That's it. And Bess is trying to show us a little supplement as a true freshman you know, wide receiver converted to a tight end now, right? Yes. I don't see Boutte as necessarily an identity. I see him as a great weapon within an offense that's kind of rudderless. and That doesn't, doesn't have, have an identity, correct? Yeah, yeah, because, uh, you know, there's there, there's not one thing that they could – there's one player they can count on, but there's not one thing, entity within that offense that you can go, all right, hey, look, if all else fails, we know we can move guys off the ball and run the, game, and run the ball. Or, hey, if that's not working – we can do we can do this, and there's there's only one shot at it, and that is get the ball to Keyshawn Boutte. That's the chance you have. And multifaceted offenses, uh, if you're kind of a one trick pony, then you know team the good teams, the Alabamas and others will shut that down. They, they'll have they'll have answers for that. I'm sure Boutte will have his catches, but they're not going to let. We we know we know Nick Saban's not going to let one man beat him. It's not going to happen. So that's what that's what the scary part is for me. They might enjoy Central Michigan tonight, but. When they step in the SEC play next week, even against Mississippi State, they're going to be in dogfights each and every week, which every you know, week. Yep. the great teams are never well, that, really that, in dogfights every week. And that's part of the SEC, that you know you're in a battle each week, okay? Uh, nothing's going to be easy. Uh, because if we take Alabama out of the equation, uh, everybody, man, it's tough each week. <laughs> man, You when you get in the ring, you know, it's a cage match each week. Uh, when you get in there, you know you you're gonna catch everybody's really good game because of who you are. You LSU, you are, what a year and a half or two years from winning a national championship. Come on, you it's not homecoming. You 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 want to beat LSU because you know that's a notch on the belt uh, for you if you can do it. And uh, and you smell a little bit of blood in the water too. Uh, you smell a team that maybe yep. they don't have a lot. And this is what Mike Hoss and I talked about this, about Saints, that confidence, okay? You can say, well, last week built momentum. Momentum, I get knocked out of your mouth the first time you get hit. <laughs> That's but, right. That's right. Because you know, if you played ball, you think momentum's going to carry you? You're you in for a long game. But if You're you right. have confidence in what you're doing, and it's going to work, man, it carries you a long way. And I think that's the big part of what Nick Saban has sold at Alabama. A certain tradition, a certain pride, but also a certain confidence 
that no matter what, we're going to battle out of this. And it's not going to be easy every week because we're going to get everybody's best punch. But we mm-hmm. got confidence in what we're doing because we put W's up on the board. What I see on this football team today is a football team that they're not quite sure about their confidence level because it, it's been hard. It's a terrible game week one. Uh, they had some success certainly defensively in game two, but I got to see some confidence in what they're doing on the offensive side of the football. And Herb, you hit on something. I think maybe Coach feels, you know what, these two young kids at running back, they may give me a spark. They may give me a big play or two that I'm not getting uh, from anybody else at halfback. And I'm going to play them. Because I know one thing, if we're just trying to grind it out, that ain't going to work. We're not that type football team. So let's maybe do something a little differently. And I think if you can run the football, the identity you create is in your passing game because everything balances off. Just like if you can throw the football well uh, and then you start adjusting coverage, if you're a half-decent running team, you can run the ball. And I feel the same way as you are really a half-decent running team, you can open up things in the passing game for you. But Max, I think, has got to play big. Because I do think, and he needs help from his receivers in line, but I think that's the one position you can't mask on the field. You cannot mask it if he gets cold for spots. And last week he was hurt because of the fact the offensive line didn't play well. You didn't have much of a running game. But the receiving core, which had really been kind of your tried and true uh, for a long time, mm-hmm. they didn't come through for you. And, again, it wasn't hard catches. It was easy catches. Uh, and, you know, if they're catching 400 passes a day, man, my thing is, where, where they, who are they catching them from? Because, man, if right. you're catching 400 passes a day and you're still making those drops, uh, that ain't good. That That's not a good sign. That lack of confidence in what you're doing. Well, Mike, NFL, they must not be catching 400 passes. They're probably throwing 400 passes and catching 200. <laughs> yeah, I would say that that's probably correct after what I saw last week. Yeah. NFL and college football analyst Mike Dettelier. Mike, go enjoy the game. Thanks for the time. All right, guys. Hey, you want to see a pretty good back. Watch the kid tonight in Lou Nichols from Central yeah. Michigan. Man, yeah, he, I was just reading he, about he's it. A, Man, he's a, a little short cut running back. He's, they list him at five ten. Ain't no way. No, he's he if he's five nine, he's plenty. But man, he's a tough little guy, strong in the lower body, and man, he's a load to bring down one on one. So LSU gonna have to get him. But he's the straw that turns the drink for them. The quarterback, he's a tall, kind of strong arm kid, but he gets hot and cold. But man, Lou Nichols can play, and he's a what he's what I call next level player. He's gonna be playing in the NFL real soon. Well, if we play anything like we played against UCLA, that's what they did. They creased us the entire game, and that's how they beat us, yep. in my opinion. Yep. Mike, again, thank you, man. Thanks, guys. Y'all take care. All, All right, right, we'll Mike. step away and come back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show right here on the home of the Tigers, WWL. Dipping into the prep football scene real quick. Herb, did you see uh, Arch Manning's performance in the first half and a win over um, – and it went, went over Vanderbilt Catholic? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. 
He's uh he's something serious, man. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> Is he? Listen, he's, I, uh, I, I uh, go ahead. I just I just you know, I don't <laughs> whoever gets him, wherever he goes, they're gonna have they're gonna have their stuff together, let me say that. That's the place that he's gonna choose to go to. And then when they get him, I think he's gonna be that, you know, Cooper Manning mixed in with you know, a little bit of Peyton and a little bit of uh, uh, Eli all in one. Like, they get the the best of all three worlds with those guys. Yeah, and look, I think he's going to potentially lead Isidore Newman High School to a, a shot at the state championship game, either this year as a junior or next year as a senior. Uh, I know um, if that happens, you watch the madness, and it's going to be called Arch Madness. And what I mean by that is there's going to be flocks of people, I think from all over the country, that might be at that game. I'm not kidding you. I think that if, if, if Arch Manning is is playing uh, for a state championship with Newman High School, I think it, you might see fifty to 60,000 people in the Superdome. I really do. He's a I show unto himself. I don't see why you wouldn't. I mean, he's that guy, you know. Um, I think that he's he's worthy of that, too. I mean, what he's done – Let me let me start over. He has the potential to be, like, probably one of the greatest – quarterbacks to, to to come out of New Orleans, period, and also out of Louisiana, but then go to wherever he goes, the same uh, – if, if everything goes well, he can, you know, he can beat the top guy wherever he goes. He just got to go to the right place, but let's just keep it here at Newman and, you know, high school football. Coach Nelson Stewart does one of the best jobs with quarterbacks, hands down, that I've seen. Mm-hmm ever in high school. I'm telling you, I just, it's just the way that he teaches those guys progression, how to see the field, um, you know, um, how to deliver the ball, when to deliver the ball. He puts instills confidence in those guys. And I've seen it firsthand, and I literally saw it firsthand every day for four years, literally going to practice there and watching my son. So I know what he does. So when he has a talent, like a once-in-a-lifetime talent like Arch, and then you add what Stu can put to him, and then you add what Arch is getting from his his uncles and his dad and his grandfather. <laughs> it's just it's just nuts. It's just crazy. And probably Drew too is probably helping him a little bit here and there, whatever. So I just think the guy's gonna be phenomenal. I really do. You see what I did there though? Arch madness. What do you think? I like that. I, lo- I love the arch madness. That's something that we got to keep going. We got to stick with that one. Okay. That trademark. All right, sounds that. good. Jimmy Smith of TigerDetails.com is next. We'll still break down LSU and Central Michigan next here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show on WWL. Okay. Picture this: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 